Okay, hello everybody. I'm Janet Broad. I work with and we've worked together for a lot of years and we're both educationalists and our kind of central role is the development of teachers for the FE sector. <coughs> so this research that I'm kind of moving away from, from what both my colleagues have done and I'm, I'm looking at these PGCEs that we embedded within the project with us. There was the PGTAs but I'm not talking about them now because we haven't had a chance to look at the data, so it's just the PGCs. But I think there's lessons for both within this. So, overview. So, I'm going to talk about how we involved the PGCE students in what we did, um, what our pedagogical approach is, and the theoretical underpinnings of what we've done. And I think that relates to both the development of teachers and the development of engineers. There's a big overlap between the two. And it also, I think, informs the approach to the project and what we're finding in the project about learning. Um, I'm going to talk about the findings so far and try and draw some tentative conclusions for you. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. So our rationale, start with our rationale. So it was this seed corn funded project. It was very small. I know Anne said that, but it was very, very small. Um, and so we've been kind of doing this on top of our day job. Um, and it's, it's been interesting. It's been really, really fascinating to get in with UCL engineers. And that was the whole point of it. That's why it got funded, was so that, that we could make some collaborative links between UCL and the Institute of Education as we've just joined UCL. But, you know, we needed to get in there and, and, and join properly. Um, the reason why we wanted to do it was to enhance our knowledge of project-based learning. What is it about? What does it look like? What do students do in it? How do they learn? What do they learn? That kind of thing. And for me, it was about how can I enhance my trainee teachers through being embedded in this project with us. So what we do is we train teachers for the FE sector. And they're, like Anne said, some of them might be engineers, some of them might be hairdressers, some of them might be teaching geography at A-level, some of them might be in adult and community education, some of them might be working in hospitals all over the place. So it's, it's a very generic course, and all our students are they're not learning to teach different things. They've all got subjects, and we're teaching them the pedagogy. So how do you teach your subjects? Okay, so that's, that's what we do. So I wanted to know if I could get our students in and whether this would enhance what they knew and what they did in some way. So, what did we do? Um, we took a case study approach, because this was just kind of a side issue for us. It was, it was something we were interested in, but it wasn't the main project. So it was a case study. Purposive sampling, so I chose, I selected four trainees, and I wanted them from different disciplines, different subject areas. So somebody teaching art and design, somebody teaching film and media, somebody teaching sociology, and somebody teaching modern foreign languages. So quite an eclectic mix. And I wanted them where they were placed, because we placed all our students in a partner college where they learn how to teach. So I wanted them in established colleges that I knew I would be able to work with. So if I rang somebody up and said, can I have the student released and he's going to do some research, there wouldn't be a problem with it. So I chose the colleges carefully as well. The students of colleges were chosen for subject and placements. And so what did we do? So we got the students to... Oh, you did that as well. We got the students... Have we got a highlighting button on here? 
Yeah. Okay, so we've got the training teachers to follow the engineering students through scenarios and challenges, which Anne's just talked about. The scenarios are disciplinary ones, the one week ones, and the challenges are interdisciplinary and are long. Is it five weeks, Emanuela? Five weeks. And then I've done a focus group interview with them, one focus group interview. So the data that I'm presenting today is from that focus group. The stuff in red is what I still want to do. So this bit of the project isn't quite finished. So I've talked to them in the focus group, but I want to see how it actually impacts on their thinking. So I'm going to have a look at two assignments that they're doing for us. They're doing a professional inquiry assignment, which is a piece of research about them developing as teachers. So they take a problem they've got in their classroom, it might be how to manage group work, it might be assessment, whatever, whatever, and then they do a little project around it, and then they write an assignment on it. So they're working as researchers in their own professional practice. <coughs> so I want to see if they've mentioned what we've done in that. But they also have to, at the end of the year, do a curriculum design. So they have to design their own curriculum, a short course. And I want to see if they've taken the ideas on board from project-based learning to see if they embed that within the assignment. And then at the very end, I'm going to come back and do an interview them again as a focus group. So we're kind of halfway through at the minute. So, our pedagogical approach, with it, how, how we're using these trainee teachers, is that at the minute, the novices, the novice teachers, they're experts in their own area, but as teachers, they're novices. So how do we move them from the periphery to the centre? How do we get them as expert teachers? And just a word about language there. I'm using this concept, teacher, to mean anybody that does anything with students. So it could be a lecturer, it could be a teacher, an academic, whatever. So I'm just using that word, teacher, in, in that kind of way. So it's how we move them from the periphery to the centre and develop that expertise as an as a educational practitioner. And can we use the project-based learning to, to do that? So we began by shadowing us, and they mainly came in with me. So they came in with me when I was doing some of the research, and they shadowed me, and I said, this is what we do. And they watched me observe, and then they watched me interview, and we talked about observation, we talked about what we were looking for. And it wasn't just what was happening, it was what's the room look like, what's the seating like, how are the students interacting, how are they using the equipment, is there equipment, is there enough equipment, have they got enough <coughs> space, what does it smell like, quite a lot of them smell of smelly socks, <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of these engineering rooms. I don't know why, because oh, there was one, wasn't there, there was, there was socks in one, but it was, yeah. you know, what, what are you feeling, what are you seeing, what are you smelling here, what, what's it like? So is everything, and then how do we interview people? How do we talk to people? Mm. One of the interesting things I found was that the PGC students, because they're kind of early mid twenties, they were much closer to the undergraduates, mm. and they engaged them far better than I ever could. They had really good conversations with them, and the students really opened up to them in a way that they weren't opening up to me. So that was interesting. <coughs> so we moved them then into doing their own observations, taking field notes, and recording interviews. Okay, so what, where are we coming from? Our own theoretical frame, and what we see is pedagogy, and what we see is teaching and learning. So the first thing is, it's, it's complexity. There's, the whole process of teaching and learning is complex. 
So what people do with students is an incredibly complex thing. And we're also thinking about how we develop expertise. So how is expertise developed? So a couple of quotes. This is an old quote from Robson. That alongside, and this is talking about FE teachers, but I think it applies to all teachers that work in vocational or applied areas. But alongside their identity as subject or occupational expertise, beginning teachers enter the process of becoming. So what, what we mean by that is that they're not just learning what a teacher does. They're not just learning about teaching strategies, assessment, resources that you use in a classroom, grouping of students. They're actually becoming, they're taking on the persona of a teacher. And that's very different to just knowing about what a teacher does. So how do you get them to go through that process of becoming? What does it look like? And then from Gamble, he says that for applied and vocational subjects, there's three things that a teacher needs. They need their expertise, their, their vocational knowledge, whatever that is, their disciplinary knowledge. Oops. They need their pedagogic expertise and practical workshop experience. So you need the three things. Okay, so again, it's that complexity that you, you're juggling a lot of balls as a vocational teacher. There's an awful lot going on. Our pedagogical approach, which is encapsulated by that project-based learning approach that you learn with and through others. So you don't learn sat in classrooms listening to people. You learn by doing with and through others. And in, we call it communities of practice. So you work together collaboratively to, to learn in some way. That's how, that's how we see learning happening. And finally, the nature of professional knowledge much professional knowledge, vocational knowledge is tacit. So what we mean by tacit is that which we know but cannot tell. So if somebody said to you, what is a good teacher? You probably wouldn't be able to tell me. But if I took you into a classroom and showed you two people, one that was a very good teacher, one that maybe wasn't, you'd be able to instinctively say, that's a good teacher. So that's what tacit knowledge is. It's that kind of knowledge that you've got within inside you that you can make judgments about but you can't necessarily explain it and describe it okay so so that's kind of our underpinning um philosophical approach to what we've been doing those those things inform us so what have we found so far I'm seeing, because this is tentative, is that the trainee teachers, these PGCE students, are extending their knowledge in three ways. One about the choice and use of teaching strategies. So which teaching strategy works best and how does it work best? So how do I choose my teaching strategies? I'm going to use lecture, I'm going to use group work. What am I going to do with my students? Responsiveness to students' learning needs. So one of the big problems that new teachers have is that they'll see a group of students and they'll think they're an amorphous mass. That's just a group. And I'll treat them as a group rather than looking at individuals within that group and how individuals within that group learn. And it, it takes them a long time to begin to see the individuals and the difference and how different people learn. So they were, they were picking that up, I think. And then the third one, which is a perennial issue for anybody that's set group work, is 
the issues of different student participation. So people in groups, when they work in groups, will take different roles. And some will do most of the work, some will do a lot less work. So they were picking up on that and what the issues around that were. So again, how to manage group work. <coughs> so, question you for teaching strategies. So the, these are all quotes that came out from the focus group. So the trainee art teacher She recognised that students needed to be involved in the learning process, which, which I thought was interesting because new teachers tend not to see that. They think everything's about them. And if I'm stood here doing my bit, then that's all that matters. And they forget it's not about their performance, it's about the student learning. So making that link was quite nice to see. <coughs> So she said, you need to engage them in some sort of work or activity, whether it be doing something or creating something. I think that comes from her art, thinking about creating something or getting something working. So she could see that kind of practical application as well. We need to then go, we need something to work to. And then the film and media teacher extended that and she started to make links between what she saw in her own practice and her own subject which was really nice, and began to identify that common pedagogy which you could see. And she said, I'm used to having a strong divide in my subject between the practical and the theory. Mm. You know, the theory's taught in this way, the practical's taught in that way. And watching the project-based learners, you could see that it doesn't have to be that way, that's just the way it's been conceptualised within her subject at the moment. So maybe there was room for movement, she could do things in different ways. Because we tend to do that as well, we tend to hold on to how we've been taught and you know, forget that there's other ways you can do, do things. And that's quite one of the nice things about teaching on the generic course that I teach on, that they learn from each other. So somebody teaching maths will be learning from somebody teaching art, that will be learning from somebody teaching hairdressing. So there's that cross-fertilisation which is <coughs> kind of helpful and this, this brought it out. <coughs> And then she extended that, sorry, I didn't put that up. She extended that into how that translated into classroom practice. Adding a practical element helps give them a different perspective, gets them to see things in different ways. And that's made me think about what I can do for my students and how I can get them to see film in a different way. So, she was taking what she was seeing in engineering and applying it to film studies, which she thought was a huge leap for somebody to make. But she was making those links between what she was seeing and what she could do with her own students. <laughs> okay, responsiveness to student learning needs. Go back a bit. Oops. What did that happen? Okay, so as I said earlier, PGCE students, they tend to struggle with how to deal with students different. So I've got all these students, they just look like an amorphous mass. And then they slowly, slowly begin to see them as individual learners. But through the project-based learning, I think they understood that more quickly. 
and she said, one of them said, the social science teacher said, it definitely reinforces the fact that no one learns in the same way. And people need differentiation and variety. Like you just can't lecture people for eight hours a day. And expect them to learn stuff. <laughs> well, no, probably <laughs> not. Um, so the, the, they're beginning to think about pedagogy. They're beginning to think about how people learn. And the importance of recognise the importance of involving students in their own learning. So actually putting learning in the hands of students is really helpful because that's when they decide to, they start to develop it in their own minds and kind of work it through. Which linked to what Anne was saying about you know, not being given enough information. If they've not been given what they see as enough information, they're going to have to start working it through. And that's when the real learning takes place when they're doing that. So it's kind of giving them the seeds and then getting them to water it and grow it. Lovely analogy. So, you know, it, it's this concept of moving away from traditional teaching and lecturing, sitting in classrooms in rows, and actually getting them to do something, getting them involved in it in some way. And finally, the they, they were very, very conscious of this because they... they Again, beginning teachers, one of the things you find difficulty, difficulty with is organising students. Classroom management, even if the students are well behaved, they still worry about managing them and organising them. How do I sit them? Do I sit them with friends? Do I sit them on their own? Are they in rows? Are they in groups? Are they around a table? What are we going to get them to do while they're in those groups? So they, they worry about things like that. So they spotted that in, in what was going on. And what was really nice for me was that they were acting as outsiders. So when you're a teacher, practicing developing teacher in your own classroom with your own students, you don't see the full picture because you're in that role as teacher. So you'll see everything from that teacher perspective. So when you're watching other teachers work with groups of students, you, you can see more and you understand more. So I think it was a really valuable process for them to go through. And they were watching some presentations. This was this was halfway through the scenario. So it was, I think on the Wednesday, there was a presentation, and then again on the Friday, the final presentation. They watched the Wednesday ones. And they said, group work doesn't always work. Well, it does, but not how they thought it should. Like when we were examining the three groups, this was the present, they saw three presentations and they said, there's always a strong leader, there was always something that took the lead and tried to explain everything and the other students kind of couldn't get the word on. Um, a few wouldn't really say anything or hadn't really done anything. Um, I felt like the group work is easy to kind of fall through the gaps. So they were very minded that if they were doing something like that, they'd have to make sure that all the students were participating in it. And then how could we get them to do that? And then through the interviews that they did, I did realise that some of the members were a bit more proactive. We went to one group. You know, it's good. Obviously, there are advantages of working in groups, but sometimes you know you have to do more than somebody else because they're not, not as engaged or participated as they should be. 
so that there's spotting all these group dynamics happening. Whereas if they were teachers in that classroom, I doubt they would have spotted it, or not as quickly. So I thought it was really important that they were, they were kind of bringing that out. Okay, so... Summary tentative conclusions. I feel, from what, what, what we've analysed so far, that access to alternative disciplines and contexts afforded the opportunity for them to develop more um, in their pedagogic practice. They thought more deeply about what was going on in terms of teaching and learning. Engaging in discussions with students about their learning, which would not normally be possible, because you don't as teachers, and also even if you try to engage students, your students, in conversations about their learning, they're not going to give you the right answers, they're not going to give you the truth, because you're their teacher. There's a power relationship. So going in as a research assistant, they got a lot more out of the students than I did. And they opened up to them and they talked to them, because they, they saw them as equals. So we've got an awful lot of knowledge about teaching and learning from the student perspective. Observations from an outsider approach allows them to kind of cover and see what's going on much more clearly and much more fully than again when they're in that teaching role. They can't see it as clearly. And it afforded them opportunities to view tacit pedagogical knowledge. So they saw things that in a classroom I wouldn't be able to, to explain to them. So it, it deepened the learning in that way. Okay, thank you.